Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to the Mandatory Codec, Episode 5. It's a new podcast from the Metal Gear Speedrunners community. I'm your host, Sparty, and with me joined in the fourth episode is Platonic Guy. What's up, Platonic Guy? Hey. How's it going? Anything anything new these days with you? Um, doing good. We just finished VE League uh, last night. We're now into the playoffs, but... When do yeah, other than that, nothing really new. So when do playoffs start, and who do you face round one? So, it the exact dates are posted on the Discord. I think Limes told me it's the seventeenth, no, the sixteenth and the twenty third. I think uh, of January. So it's this the coming Saturday and the one after that, um, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be playing Plywood again. I just raced them yesterday, so I'll be playing them in the first round again um, on uh, the 16th. So I caught some of that race yesterday, and Plywood was able to get the upset win. So, uh, so what what happened with with your run in in that in that race? Oh God, um, I basically pulled a BMN. I had a clean run for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then it came to swim glitch. I couldn't get it, so I abandoned it like really early. Um, I was still ahead after that, and yep. I didn't think I was gonna go behind. I think I had quite a bit of a lead. Um, but then vamp, I think my brain just turned off. I went back and timed it. I lost like almost a minute and a half at vamp one, and that's when the lead flipped. My brain just like turned off. So, I didn't even know what happened. I remember this. like you missed. So you did the. Did you do the turbo, vamp shots or no. was it not turbo? Okay, so not turbo. Not turbo. So you weren't able to finish vamp off and you ran out of stingers. Like what was going through your mind as you see him, as you run out of stingers yes. and you see him jump from wall to wall. So, <laughs> basically, what happened was um, for VE, it takes six shots, I believe, to kill vamp, mm-hmm. um, but. Right before the final hit lands, I messed up the timing, so he just dove underwater. Um, if that happens and he has one shot remaining, mm-hmm. the ideal backup is just to wait for him to jump back out and uh, just finish him off there. Um, but I went to restart the fight, and as soon as like I see Raiden dropping for the continue, I'm like, wow, I shouldn't have taken the continue there, that's a mistake. Anyways, take a continue try again, mm-hmm. I mess up, and this mess up um with like two hits remaining or something at that point yeah the ideal backup is to take the continue but i opted not to another mistake and from there like the fight just dragged on uh i ran out of stinger ammo mm-hmm. ak ammo mm-hmm. i tried to so calm at one point i accidentally pulled out the nikita <laughs> as I, if that was gonna help me. i remember that like and then you even had like him where he's like Locking you in place so you're not moving on your yep. shadow. Oh, I've been there before. What, what, what I realized is, um, I think I had the Nikita out. Nikita out at that point. Uh-huh. When he locks you, you can't change your equipment either. You're just stuck. All you can do is just rotate. Oh, you can't even like hold L two R two. You're just like stuck in nope, place. It doesn't let you. <laughs> Damn. So, so the the first the first go at Vamp, you should have finished him off with just a shot from another weapon. But and you didn't just wait, you just wait for him to come back out of the water and then mm-hmm. stinger him one more time. You lose like eight seconds. Okay. It's nothing. But but you took the continue instead. And then the yeah. second time where you should have taken the continue, you tried to just kill him with every weapon you had in your disposal. Pretty much. 
Oh, uh, basically, I pulled a BMN and it was much worse as well. <laughs> I've been there with. So it's kind of funny yeah. because uh, that's how VE League started. By the first match, BMN did the same thing, and in the final week of VE League, I do the same thing as well. Have you had this happen in a run before with Vamp, and then just completely I... mess it up, or did you have your backups ready and you just had like a no, brain fart moment? Where, um... The first backup where like if he has one health remaining and you just wait for him to jump out mm. that happened to me in the ve tournament i think back in may um but it didn't happen to me in league so i need a backup it was just i don't know what happened yesterday where like my brain just turned off a map i think we've we've like all been there where like you're doing a run and then something unexpected happens and your brain all of a sudden shuts off because maybe you're thinking ahead like, okay, after vamp, I'm going here, then I'm going here, then I'm going here. Uh, but as soon as it happens during the fight, you're like, oh, wait, what was my backup again? And then, like, <laughs> hesitating for one second, like you said, you took the continue instead. Like, that's all it takes to just drag the fight on even longer. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. But I will be racing Flywood again uh, so when we go to the playoffs. The rematch will happen. Uh, so with the VE League... Talk a little bit about that. How, how did you enjoy participating on a weekly basis in the league? So for VE League, I think it started back in October. Um, mm -hmm. The first part of it was really enjoyable, maybe like up to November-ish or very early December. Um, it was really enjoyable because I liked running this category. But at some point, I did get burnt out with very easy because ever since like April, very easy has been the only full game category that I've really run uh, for NGS2. Mm -hmm. um, so just doing constant attempts for it really burns me out. So when I got my first 101, I was like, that's it. Uh, I need to take a long break from BE. After League is over, that's it. No more touching BE. Um, towards the last three, four matches, I feel like my performance dropped because I feel burnt out from that specific category. Um, but other than that, it was really enjoyable. I loved commentating over it. Um, and I think everyone benefited from it. I'm seeing people do strats, not just in very easy, but just in MGS2 in general. Things that were not, they were known to an extent, but they were more like advanced strats or just known by a few people. Now it's just, we've made almost everything common knowledge for very easy and just for MGS2 in general. And I, I really like that. Especially the, the movement that's done in very easy. I feel like now other runners, even if they don't run very easy, they either A, know about it or B, they're incorporating it into their, uh, whatever difficulty they're running. Because yeah. the one thing that I think every MGS game, when you run very easy, it just shows you how important your movement is. I was talking about this with Mayu in the last episode. You take any MGS game. Now, movement is important, but let's say you're running Euro Extreme and you mess up a boss fight. Well, if you mess that up, all that time loss doesn't really impact your like the movement the the time you save from movement isn't as much as like having the perfect boss fight if you understand yeah. what i'm saying um so people weren't as or especially me i wasn't really 
looking at my movements much. It was more like, okay, just get to, from point A to point B without going too slow. Um, and that should work. But then very easy, like every every MGS game shows you just how much time you could save with, with just your movement alone. Yeah, with, um, I've mentioned this before, European Extreme, I think almost every runner, and I've also done this, we're so focused on just surviving. Uh -huh. Because on MGS2, um, a boss fight, almost every single boss fight, with exception to a couple, um, ha have attacks that are just one-shot kills. So if you mess up slightly, you take a continue, that's like 10 seconds by the time you restart the fight, and who knows how long, how much more, depending on where you were on the fight before. Um, mm. You could be, like, just imagine, like, Raze, for example. You have a really good fight, and then you get towards the last two or three, and you, you take a continue. Right. That's at minimum four or five minutes of time loss. Run is over then. Even if you're not going for big boss, mm -hmm. your PV is most likely dead at that point. Um, so we're so focused on survival that we don't really pay attention to the small things. Menuing, um, just movement in general, the lines that you take. Um, people obviously do it. We know that like cartwheels are faster. We know mm -hmm. which lines to take. But it's just not in your head as much compared to VE. Right, you're um, always thinking about... VE, the bosses especially like you said with uh with the the rays same thing would apply yeah. to like harrier you get later into the stage and all of a sudden one of its rockets hits you well now you got to start the whole thing over no matter how good your movement is that time loss is just staggering go ahead like for example um olga we always talk about like right versus left worst case scenario the perfect Olga versus a bad Olga, you're looking at eight, nine seconds. Mm. Uh, European Extreme, you have a bad Olga, you're taking continue, you're probably restarting. Granted, that's very early in the run, but still. Yeah. Um, Vamp uh, 1, let's say, well, on Euro, we do the non lethal strats. Optimally, you're going for eight, nine punches or whatever. Um, but usually, what happens on Euro is we're going to go for six punches because we're so. Uh, late into the run at that point, we don't really care about saving every second. Mm. Um, whereas on VE, you want to go for the optimal ones. You want that 5 plus 1. You want that stinger vamp on first attempt. You want, uh, I don't know, a right side Olga. It's just stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, um, you can look at the, the tanker aisles right now. Um, I think the Euro Tanker IL is a 627, which is what I have. That's not, that can be beaten. Um, I didn't put as much effort into that one. But the VE one is a 544. Uh, Lions recently tied it. That can be beaten, but not by much. You're looking at a couple more seconds at best. Right, that, that same thing applies to like every other MGS game. Like you look at MGS 3. Um, sure, movement matters in Euro Extreme, and if you want world record, of course your movement matters. But if, but when you take a continue in an area because you're so focused on not getting caught, uh, same with boss fights, you're so focused on not dying. Um, same thing with MGS4. It's just that movement is important, but it's just not at the top of your head. Like survival is at the top of your head. Um, so I understand much, that. Yeah. So right now you're so once VE League is done what's your um plans are you gonna run another category are you gonna try euro maybe because i see 
you don't have a euro time submitted for pc are there any yeah. any plans to do that in the future i will definitely at some point do euro pc um euro hdc is what i started with um when i started running this game so at some point i will do european extreme on pc probably not anytime soon though um i do want to get back into grinding ils and vr the past month or so I've been focusing on MGS1 VR um, and a little bit of post Babel VR as well. So I, I think I want to take a small break from full game because 2020, I just spent so much time on very easy full game and it kind of drained me. And I want to try, I want to go back into the IL game. So do you enjoy the IL game much more than the, than the full game runs? Yeah, I would say I am an IL runner first, then a full game runner second. Um, I do uh, like for me I'm more interested in what is the fastest possible time compared to what is humanly realistic in a full game setting so that's why I enjoy the high L games more that's why I enjoy like VR for example so much because in VR we just mm -hmm. like VR sneaking VR especially like the short VR levels we go for every frame possible that we can think of it's like you're trying to beat a task time every time. Pretty much. Um, in fact, like, that's what we've been doing for quite a bit, like uh, with Philo and D-Limes. Um, Philo's actually found some nice time saves recently in MGS1 VR where we've beaten a couple of task times. Um, and we're, we, like yesterday night, we were talking about a specific level um, where we haven't been able to beat the tasks without leaning, obviously. Because um, with leaning, we beat it. Explain, explain leaning, leaning real quick to the people that don't know what leaning is in MGS1 VR. Yeah, so in MGS1 VR, for example, like you'll always start at a specific position and then the goal is just to get to the end target. Um, the, way we've, the way it's been done for so long is just to run into the goal because wh wh what else would you do? You wouldn't crawl into the goal. There's no rolling in MGS1. Mm. Um, but we've known for a while that if you actually lean into the goal, you can actually finish the level. But no one really put it together where leaning into the goal is actually faster than running into it until D-Limes found out about it in... I think it's been over a year. I think December 2019 was when he found that out. Mm -hmm. And it just blew up the game. Like We went and timed it. I think it saved seven frames than running into the goal. And... You just imagine how many levels that applies to. It's like almost a third of the levels. There's 300 missions in MGS1 VR. Almost a third of them is faster on, uh, is faster leaning into it than just running into it instead. So it was just massive time save for so many of the levels. Like almost all the sneaking levels, um, a bunch of the weapon and advanced levels, all the task times are now beatable because of that. So, um, what makes leaning faster? Because leaning is, instead of, so the goal, that's the where the exclamation mark is, where Snake runs into it, and then you get the score screen yeah. and your score. Now, what makes it faster that instead of just running into it, you stop just short, you hold triangle, I believe, or something, to go into first person. Yeah, you basically, and then you, you basically go into first person view, uh -huh. and you just shift Snake's weight to either side. So, what, is, so what, what you would do is... Um, Instead of just running into it, you would, um, when you approach it, you just turn 90 degrees in either direction, 
go into FPV and then lean into the goal. For whatever reason, that just happens to be all that work into like turning, going into first person, then leaning, just mm -hmm. happens to be faster than Snake running into the goal. For whatever reason, that's faster. It's probably like the weirdest and it's thing. Kind of, it's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stopping, which is probably why no one bothered testing it for so long. Right. Until Dion's just messed around with it. I, what's funny about that is, um, I think he's mentioned the story a little bit a few times. Um, I was in a call with him when, when this when he found out about this. Um, I took a break. I told him, yeah, I'll, I'll come back after a bit. So I mute myself. I walked away. Uh, he was doing some level. He wasn't even messing with me. He was just grinding some other level. Um, I come back. I have my phone in my hand, and I just see pings from D limes like platonic, at platonica, at platonica, at platonica, at philo, at philo. Okay, I come back, and apparently he just broke all these levels <laughs> just because he figured out leaning though that that leaning was faster. Um, and then we just spent probably all of December for that year. Um, seeing how many levels it applies to. And ever since then, we've just been sniping levels. But it's not just about the leaning as well. VR1, in probably the last two years, um, we found time saves compared to TAS outside of the leaning as well. It's like the TAS, um, we probably at this point need a new one. So we found so many time saves in that game. Is the time saves coming from just movement, stuff like that, or was anything new discovered? Uh, a combination of things. It's usually level dependent. For example, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it is better lines, um, like sneaking no weapon six, Philo discovered a better line than what Tass takes, and he saves one frame on that. Um, this is without leaning as well. Um, for, other levels are like, this, there are special type of levels in MGS1 VR where it's like, kill 12 enemies in the shortest amount of time possible and it just gives you like a variety of weapons like i'll give you the socom with six bullets a stinger with one bullet two grenades random weapons whatever it's predetermined and then go kill 12 enemies with it um the tasks will do certain strats will do different strats um in some cases we found better times um so it's usually level dependent Recently, um, Philo's, I don't want to say he found it, but he kind of revived a new trick because uh, it's been it's been known about in a couple of levels, but Philo uh, figured it out, figured out that it works on other levels as well. Um, and we've, I think, eaten the tasks in two or three levels recently doing this trick. Basically, um, when you run up to an enemy, and the enemy turns at the same time, if you input buffer, which basically means spam R2 to open and close the menu constantly, it messes with their vision sometimes and they'll just not spot you. Um, for example, like on one of the levels, the strat is to like throw the guard and then just run past, run towards the goal. Uh, we can just remove that throw entirely by just input buffering and not having him spot us. It saved like almost half a second which is a ridiculous amount of time considering mm -hmm. the level's like eight seconds long. So does, so when you do the input buffer, the guard just doesn't spot you and you run like straight right past them? <clears throat> Pretty much. Huh. 
He's like he's like blind for like a yeah, frame yeah, yeah. or two while you're input buffering for whatever reason. So we now we knew about this trick in a couple of other levels. Uh, one of the levels it actually was faster. Two of the other levels, um, it was slower because you just have to take like a really bad line for it to work. But Philo kind of revived this trick in other levels, and he just beat the task by a ridiculous amount using it. So, it's just so we're kind of trying to figure out where else yeah. can we use it. Is it just this. random if it works or not? Part, partly. I wouldn't say it's like RNG, but it kind of feels like it. Um, so for example, like I think on level 5, when me and Philo were doing it, we were getting it like 5% of the time. Um, on like another level, level 11, it was working like 50% of the time or something like that. Hmm. So it's kind of weird. We don't really understand the full mechanics behind it, but all we know is that it works. So then certain VR levels, you just keep doing it over and over until you finally get it to work, plus your lines line up. Pretty much. Okay. Oh, pretty cool. I wonder if that works in-game somewhere. I imagine it would. Um, the only thing I'd be worried about in full game is... Um, uh, I'm, I think because menus are still counted towards your IGT. Uh, okay. So if you just constantly mash R2, you are kind of wasting time. Yeah. Whereas in VR, any kind of pause, whether it's like R2, L2, or pressing start, pauses the in-game timer as well. Is that the same thing in MGS2 VR, where menus will stop it's it? It's the same thing, I think, on all VR games. I don't know about Rising, mm -hmm. um, but on VR1, VR2, and Ghost Battle, um, it just pauses the timer. Any type of pause. Hmm. I wonder why they did that in VR, but in full game, your menus do count. Weird. It's also, uh, there's also lag reduction, so like... Um, or not lag reduction, I guess. It just doesn't count lag, so it's just... Uh, it's going to try to keep it at 60 or 30 FPS, um, and if your frame rate drops, the timer will accommodate for that um, at any type of pauses. So I think it's just so, regardless of what type of console you're playing on, mm. um, you're all on equal playing, equal playing field, which I wish that was the case for full game. It means yeah. we don't have to have like this arms race for who has the best console. Mm -hmm. It would just be whatever you prefer, whatever you have with you, you can run on that, and you can compete. It'll um, be MGS three with like, yeah, MGS three pretty much. Yep. Luckily with MGS two PC, um, it's mostly like that where um, your menu still counts, obviously, um, but pressing start, load times, etc., those stuff don't count. I think that might be the only game in the series that does that. Um, I don't MGS four as well, doesn't it? Doesn't MGS four not count load times? Right, that does not. It does not count loads. Yeah. If only a, every game in the series did that. That's probably the, the best uh, scenario. Best thing about MGS four does it count loads? <clears throat> so, I remember when like you were first new to the scene. I saw you run on SRDC, and you were like. 10th or 11th or something i'm like who's this new runner and then <clears throat> a few months later i'm like this guy and then all of a sudden you're like second or third place so like did you start taking mgs2 more seriously after that after like your first run submitted or uh so what happened so i think i joined mgsr 
early 2018 or maybe late 2017 like just the discord i mean uh -huh. um, but i didn't actually started running i just watched other people um and then sometime around mid 2018 i decided out i decided like i never actually did a big boss run of mgs2 not even a run just a try to get a big boss rank so i booted up an emulator and i let me do this i know some of the speedrun strats Mm -hmm. Got it. It was like a two-hour time, something, something really bad. Um, and then I was really happy with that time. And then I just kept thinking, like, maybe I should start speedrunning this game. It, sound, it looks fun. I enjoy people watching. I enjoy watching people do it. Um, and I enjoy the game a lot, so I might as well try it. So I picked up a PS3 and a capture card. And then I started doing runs um, on the PS3. Uh, I would usually get two hour runs or something and then I think the I think the first one I posted on the board was my 147 for European extreme yeah I remember that um, yeah I was um, like I'm better than this guy at least <laughs> I actually remember that you, <laughs> I was really happy with that time and then you came and beat me like a week yeah yeah time. yeah I remember that I was like oh, at least I'm better than this guy even if I'm not first uh but then when I went into speedrunning, I was like, I'll try it for a bit. It seems fun, but I don't want to stick with it. I'll just do it a few times and then I'm out. Mm -hmm. um, but then I just got sucked in. So <laughs> Pretty much did starts. everything in MGS2. I'm like, okay, did Euro. After Euro, after I posted that 147, I started experimenting with other difficulties. I think I did VE as well on PS3. It was like a 121. Um, and the record at the time was probably like a 116 or something. I think I remember I was just five minutes off it or something. Um, then a few months later, um, I experimented with VR. And I've been hooked with VR2 and VR1 ever since. Oh, so you were full game first and then VR yeah. you started doing later. I was full game Euro first when I joined. Uh-huh. Now... Oh, Makarov says you joined MGSR in August. Oh wait, that's a uh, European. So February eighth, twenty eighteen. Early twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna ask? So, did you, let me see if you have a EVs run submitted. Oh, you do have one for PS three. Do you have any incentive to go back on PS three, or is PS three just dead for you? For me, H HDC is pretty much dead. The only exception is I do want to get um, under 19 minutes for European Extreme at some point. Other mm -hmm. than that, if I get like a 129.59 European Extreme on HDC, that's a... I'm not touching HDC anymore. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> because for me, PC, it's faster. It's... Uh, it's probably the most competitive right now. At least in 2020, it's probably become the most competitive. Well, especially I don't VE. Know, maybe, yeah. Like, HDC could make a comeback at some point. Because European Extreme is at least more popular on HDC than it is on PC. Um, I, I think that's just from, for like, me, the at history. Least PC, yeah, it's probably because of the history mm -hmm. thing. Um, for me, when it comes to PC, like, I actually prefer the controls on PC now than I do... PS3, um, I do get all the benefits of like turbo, the auto splitter, uh, just stuff like that. 
actually, I actually like the way PC looks as well. It's not that bad. Um, I just prefer the PC port now a lot, which is funny because when I first started, I tried to install the PC port on um, on my laptop at the time. Um, and I got this weird case where like VSFIX was half installed on it. So like parts of it were working correctly with like controls and stuff, but then the rooms weren't loading in properly, like the um, models and stuff like that. For example, like aft deck, I could not see what was going on in aft deck. The, gr the screen was just covered with like this green cloth. That's kind of hard to explain. My run mm -hmm. is on the board, my old VE 104 time mm -hmm. using that. So if you just go and watch that, you can see what I was dealing with on PC. Uh, after that run, BMN, like, he figured out what the issue was. He said, like, he figured out that BeastFix wasn't properly installed. So he sat me through how to ah. fix it. And I'm like, oh, there you go. <laughs> so you're just doing runs where, was it just that level or other levels were just impossible to, to see? Like on Aftek, yeah. if I did not have radar on for Aftek, <laughs> I could not be able to see where I was going. <laughs> so you just, on Euro, there is no radar, right? Yep. So I couldn't touch Euro. Uh, uh, see. And even I think, um, like my, my continue screen, you know how the continue screen on MGS2, uh, specifically the plant chapter, it's like mostly green and there's like a mini screenshot at the top left. Mm -hmm. That mini screenshot is also the background. Instead of the green part, it's both the mini screenshot at the top left and the entire screen. It's like an Inception <laughs> thing. It's a screenshot yeah. within a screenshot. Is there anything that's better on the HDC version compared to so... PC? It would ma it would matter more on VR um, because VR two there are a couple of levels where HDC is optimal compared to Substance, um, but I feel like movement in a casual playthrough is better on HDC than it is on PC because you get full three sixty movement whereas on PC it, it's still almost three sixty movement it's more like three twenty degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but in a run, I actually prefer not having complete 360 degrees because it means you can keep more straight lines. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's why I prefer PC as well. Um, I guess on HDC as well, for Euro, you have an easier time with the torture, which is why I picked up PS3 in the first case, because I wanted to run European Extreme, and I knew... Without turbo, I cannot mash on solar substance. <laughs> so I pretty much had to pick up a PS3. What's the timing on the torture on the solar substance versus the PS3 version? So on, so on HDC, they reduced it to like 15, 16 seconds, mm -hmm. and they gave you, they give you an easy health bar as well. Um, on PC, it's like 50 to 55 seconds. I can't give the exact number. And on soul, it can go up to over a minute. It's kind of case, it's kind of like region dependent as well on Seoul. Um, but you're looking at a minimum of 50 seconds depending on version and region. Yeah, so, I remember on PS2. And I would... you don't even have the easy health bar as well. So you have to, like, if your O2 drops, mm. um, your health, you can only take like five or six hits or something. And that's it. Remember I had like the Mad Cats turbo controller to go through that part on <laughs> PS2. There's just no way, because MGS1 was... I don't know if you've done the turbo part, the torture part in MGS1. Yeah, 
But that one's not as bad. Because it's more shorter bursts and you regain your health. Where MGS2 is just way too long. Yeah, I think MGS2 is just the long, it's how long it is. The mashing part isn't as bad. Because like when you start when you start the mashing sequence, mm -hmm. you notice your O2 doesn't actually drop, which means you're meeting the required mash. It's just it goes on for so long yeah. that eventually your arm gets tired and you just drop. Um, I, I, like you said, MGS1, um, I think I might, I might have just done it once for a Meryl ending. Um, I don't even think that was extreme, actually. It might have been like hard or something. I don't think I ever did extreme MGS1. Uh, the only other thing I can remember is um, the Peace Walker one was really difficult. I remember when I played Peace Walker for the first time, I struggled with that. I feel like MGS1 was much harder than Peace Walkers. It's, mm. it's so weird how they... Like, they put the torture scene in some games. Or an interactive one in some games. But then other games they don't. Like, uh... So you have MGS1, which has it. 2, which has it. 3, which has a torture scene, but it's not really... Interactive. Yeah, right. 4, kind of the hallway at the end. You could, I guess, count that. Oh, the 4 one is kind of tiring as well, at least when I played it. It's um, The good thing about 4 is you don't have to mash that fast. You could just barely mash and it yeah. works. Um, 5, there wasn't any. And then Peace Walker had it. So it's just weird how they decide, you know what, this game has it. It's interactive. This game has it, not interactive. This game just doesn't have anything. <laughs> so how did, how did you start getting into the mgs series even before speedrunning was two your main game did you play the other ones or did you so have interest two, in the other ones yeah i've played the others but two for me is not just my favorite game in the series but just in period my favorite game which is why i got into it um i wanted to, i wanted to get a big boss i was like this is my favorite game i might as well do big boss at least once mm -hmm. i did it and then i was like you know i watched the speedrunners i got big boss i kind of enjoy the speedrun i might as well pick it up um, when it comes to just playing Metal Gear, I've been playing it since I was a little kid. Like, um, when I grew up, I grew up on the PS1, towards the end of the PS1 era, and I just had family members who, like, played Metal Gear, played Final Fantasy and stuff. So I played a little bit of MGS1. Then the PS2 comes out, I pick up MGS2, and I'm just hooked from the first time I play it. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my... This game, I, I just really enjoy this game, and I can't put it down. Did you when it comes to like gameplay, what, the mm -hmm. plot, pretty much everything? Did you understand the plot when you first played it? Uh, I understood parts of it, but I was kind of a little kid, so like, yeah, all the themes, the, the things about memes and genetics and stuff that just flew over my head. Did, all I knew, all I knew, is that Raiden is being betrayed by pretty much everyone. That's that's kind of like what I remember from MGS two when I played it. You're like, okay, this guy's like kind of a you know quote-unquote victim everyone's just playing him he's just a pawn but i had no idea the the deeper meaning behind it did you have a solid understanding of mgs1 going into two uh not i actually didn't finish mgs1 when uh when i played mm. mgs2 oh. <laughs> all, i think mgs1 i all i remember is mgs1 i got i think up to psychomantis but i would when it came to mgs1 i would mostly watch family members play it i didn't play it as much I feel like casually MGS1 is just horrible because the controls now are so outdated and it didn't age well. 
especially if you're trying to play it casually on like a on like extreme that it the mm. controls just makes you want to tear your hair out <laughs> so like when i play vr1 which is basically mgs1 controls mm. i really hate how the weapons behave in mgs1 um i feel like they're just really bad whether it's the socom the first person weapons like stinger psg the psg1 what's funny about the the series is at least in my opinion i feel like there's a general trend and people might disagree with me on this but generally the games got worse um over time the psg1 this just the snipers in general was the complete opposite every game just improved it by a lot the PSG one and MGS one is arguably the worst weapon. You when you equip it, yep, like this really long animation where Snake has to crawl and just turning around with the PSG one just feels terrible. MGS two fixed that by not having you crawl, but then the PSG one sucks in MGS two as well. Then the SVD yeah. comes along in MGS three, and I actually really like the sniper in MGS three. MGS four comes along and it just improves it even more. It's like every game just improves the sniper rifle. I feel like that's kind of like that in more than just a sniper rifle. It's like every weapon. Um, MGS, well, no, I can't agree with, I can't say every weapon, but most weapons. I think I'm just looking at like the Trank gun. I feel like MGS2 was so easy to use the Trank gun because it had a, it had a laser you could see uh, yeah. where you're shooting. And then when you go to MGS3, you have like the iron sights. And when you're trying to go for oh, headshots, yeah. like free aim, the guy's heads are so tiny that you're trying tiny, to, really... yeah. <laughs> so you're trying to get the iron sights the... lined up. Yeah, especially the pain. When I was, I think, I think I ran MGS three for like a week or so. Mm. The pain was such a terrible boss. His head is tiny. The, the pain so hard to aim. The pain would be so much easier if you had the laser sight that MGS two had. Even MGS four, I feel like, because the iron sights are just horrible. But. So you're saying I, think I was doing it with the easy gun, so I was running on very easy, which mm. I think has the laser as well, and I still struggled with it. Yeah, the, no, I I've done that with the with the easy gun, and it's a hundred times easier than trying to do it with the <laughs> with the regular pistol. But so you said earlier the games got worse. So you're saying MGS one is better than two? general trend but it's not always the case mgs2 <laughs> is still above so, i won't accept uh anybody's sake for right. me I, i've kind of i've kind of memed about this but like i think M I, have you seen like the ranking thing where like there's s a b c yes yeah, so um so i think we did this a while ago in mgs like every, every every so often like people post that rankings like the the s through f whatever um yeah and it always gets like an argument going and then people will start posting theirs but i do have i do have uh plans to kind of bring some speedrunners and do one live on this um on this uh mandatory codec so maybe you know once i do that i'll, I'll invite you if you want to come as well we might have all our screens up and see but so so let's say you're putting yours together right um it doesn't have to be like the ranking system is that but you can just rank it kind of like what you think is the best to the worst so give me your rankings so, it does it could change um it's up to you for the criteria whatever you want to put it and then whatever games you want you could go as detailed as you want or you could just stick to the main ones so what do you think so the first the top tier and this is going to be the obvious answer but mgs2 is going to be up there um, okay no no surprises there 
Right. Um, and there's not not going to be any other game equivalent to it, so we're moving on to the second. Okay, tier. so that's that has a tier of its own <laughs> at the top. Yep, that's like that's god tier. Up there. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, the second tier, I would say MGS one and three. I can't decide which one I enjoy more. I feel like three I enjoyed a little bit more because, at least in terms of mechanics, it behaves very similar to MGS two. Um, with obvious exceptions, obviously. Um compared to MGS1. But I I think because MGS1 is like it's very tied to MGS2's plot, I do enjoy it a little bit more. So I like it's kind of hard. I can't decide which one I enjoy more. So that would probably be both of them would probably be Okay. A, I feel like um, you seconds here. Without MGS1 existing, MGS2 wouldn't be this good. Yeah. And... Probably. I feel like when I at least when I kept looking into MGS2 all the references back to MGS1 just made me enjoy it way more. Now, are you putting more emphasis in your rankings in speedrunning, or are you putting more emphasis in your rankings on just casual? Casual. Okay. Um, speedrunning, well, I, it's kind of hard to say because I've I've only played MGS2. I've, MGS3, I did it for a week or so. MGS1, I've only done it in VR1. Okay. So it's kind of hard to, for me to rank the other games in terms of speedrun. I don't really play them. Okay, let's uh, let's break it down. So now give me your casual, then we'll go back and do it again. Sure. But this time do speedrunning next, and then even if you didn't play the game, you could put like what you like watching instead, or what's you your to do, what's your interest. You to do speedrunning now, right? No, no, no. We'll do speedrunning after. But right now, continue your list in uh, in what you were doing. So, so you had MGS two, then MGS one and three tied. Yeah. Uh, after that, so third tier. Uh, probably MG2 and Peace Walker. Really? Um, yeah. They surprised me. I, yeah. I knew, uh, I've heard a lot of good things about MG2, so I decided, you know, I have the HDC uh, game. I might as well just mm -hmm. try MG1 and 2. I didn't enjoy MG1. It felt like a chore to get through. Same. Just because, like, I'm a Metal Gear fan. I might as well just play this game. And mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy it. Um, to be fair, it was the first game of the series. It was 1987, so it's kind of hard to criticize it that much. Um, but MG2 was enjoyable. Like, I really enjoyed playing that game. Um, and then Peace Walker. Peace Walker was kind of interesting because I feel like the game started off really slow. Um, but at some point in the game, I actually enjoyed like building up my you know, recruiting people, like, using the full-time thing, mm -hmm. um, the general plot of the game. I just enjoyed it overall. I thought it was really fun. I feel um, like... The, the only thing about Peace Walker, I would say, is that the game was really difficult if you didn't upgrade your weapons. And I figured that out pretty quickly. Oh, definitely. Um, with Peace Walker, I feel like it's a better version of the Phantom Pain. That's what I think of yeah, Peace definitely, Walker. Definitely. Like, like, if they took Peace Walker... And they upgraded the graphics, they upgraded the controls, they upgraded everything and ported it to to PS3, PS4. Like, that game would be so much better than The Phantom Pain. Hmm. I, I didn't actually enjoy Phantom Pain that much. Phantom Pain, I feel, is the opposite of him, Peace Walker in terms of how I enjoyed it. Because Peace Walker... I didn't enjoy it at the start, but then it picked up really quickly. Mm -hmm. Phantom Pain was the opposite. Right, I felt right, like I right. enjoyed it at the start. Yeah, yeah. And then it just got really boring at some point. I was like, when is this game going to be done? Because all the stories at the beginning, and then the rest of the game is just ILs of 
stuff that's not important. Look what uh, Plywood commented for you in chat. What about stage one Ghost Babel? <laughs> Where's that? You're right. <laughs> Funny thing about Ghost Babel is um, I actually played it a lot as a kid. Um, I had a Game Boy Color with the Ghost Babel thing, the Ghost Babel game, but I never actually finished it. What ended up happening is um, my saves never like stuck. So whenever I like rebooted the Game Boy, uh, I had to start a new game. So I just ended up doing like the first three or four stages or whatever, just over and over again every time. So you're a master but... at stage one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have world record along with like 2,500 people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, the stage that you just, everyone can get the world record super easy and it's impossible to beat. Much. Yep. It's, uh, what's funny is I think we've had two tasks of it. Plywood might have done a task of it. And recently, Major Zero did a task of it as well. Um, we're pretty much all convinced that a 34 is literally impossible unless something new is found. Mm. Just everybody <laughs> with a 35 on the board. So if you yeah. want a world, a free world record, there you go. Run stage one of Ghost Babble. I so. guess since we're talking about free world records, we recently added a, a level to MGS1 VR. Mm -hmm. So do you know the mystery levels in VR1? Yes. Yeah, so basically it's, um, I guess for anyone who doesn't know, um, the mystery levels are basically, a, you start the level and there's a dead enemy in front of you. And there's a clue as to which enemy is uh, the killer. Um, and then you have to use that clue to figure out who the enemy is, who the actual killer is. And there's like 10 of these levels. Eventually you get to level 10, where you go into this room and there's just a dead guard there. And the game gives you five minutes to figure out to figure out who the killer was, but there's no other person in that room. Um, and you kind of can't do anything. So a spoiler for that level, um, it's an auto-scroller. There's no way to get past it. Um, you just have to wait out the timer. But what's funny is that even though it's a five-minute timer, it ends at around 4.56. Um, so if you just boot up the game and just stand around and do nothing, that's a free world record. We added that stage to the ILs. But you got to play on PAL because for whatever reason, PAL the, the level finishes on PAL by like, it finishes faster on PAL by like, I don't know, a quarter of a second or something. I can't remember the exact time. <laughs> so it's a free world record. You just go into the room and just stand and do nothing for like almost five minutes. Damn, I was going to boot up my PS3 version of MGS1, but then you said PAL, so that kind of ruined it for me. So it's not a free world a record. Version. Almost free world record. <clears throat> Almost free. Um, back to your rankings. So you had MGS2 at the top. Uh, then you had uh, MGS3, one and, three. 1 and 3. Then, surprisingly, you had two in, uh, Metal Gear 2 and Peace Walker. So what's after that? I feel like if when, when I finally get around to finishing Ghost Babel, it will probably be on the same tier as uh, Peace Walker and 2. Because I've enjoyed the game a lot. I've enjoyed runners playing it. And I, from what I've heard from Plywood, the story is actually really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like if I end up finishing it, I might put it there if I end up enjoying it. Well, Peace Walker um, and Ghost Babel as well. I think they're VR slash their IL. Because... Peace Walker doesn't have VR, but the ILs are so short. Yeah. 
plus uh, Ghost Babble's VR. Like, it'll really appeal to your VR side, which might bump it up more if you really get into those. Yeah, I've like. actually done a couple of the VR levels for Ghost Babble. Um, just mm. not that much, though. Um, that's something I probably might be interested in getting into at some point. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the other games, I'm trying to think of what else is left. Um, well, uh... MG1, MG1, Phantom Pain, Ground Zeroes, and four, probably all in the same tier, uh, roughly. I would, it, it, that tier could be like divided into sub tiers, where I'd put Phantom Pain probably last. Mm -hmm. um, four would probably be at the top of that tier. The thing about four is that I know we always complain about like, oh, it's a, not a game, it's a movie or whatever. Um, four is the type of game that because I'm a Metal Gear fan, I can always see myself going back and playing it and enjoying it. Um, whereas Phantom Pain um, doesn't feel that way. Like I, I remember when Phantom came out, came out and fi I finished it. Every few months I'd go back to it. I'm like, let me try it again. Let me give it another chance. I boot it up for an hour, an hour or so, and I'm just bored. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Whereas four um, and probably like what else is there mg1 i can always see myself going back and playing again and enjoying it i feel like there's like a so when when i do my rankings it's always a balance of gameplay plus story um hmm. however high like one is then the other one can be a little lower and it'll balance it out so if you have if you take something like mgs1 where i think the story is like at the top same thing with yeah. MGS2. The story is, like, at the top. Gameplay-wise, they're not really that complicated or it's not really as good as some other games. So that drops a little, but the average is still really high. So that's what makes, like, MGS1 and 2 so much enjoyable and replayable. Where when you get to, like, Phantom Pain, just comparing Phantom Pain to MGS4, or, like, the story in 4, even if you like it or hate it, it's much more enjoyable. I feel yeah. like you, there's something to always play for. Like you care about Solid Snake and what he's going through. So that's pretty high. The gameplay is pretty high as well, I would argue. So then the average comes out to, you know what, this is, as a Metal Gear fan, it's enjoyable to play. Well, like when you go to Phantom Pain, it's like the the story is pretty low. And then the gameplay is just okay. Um, but... The story's so low, that's right? Basically. The story's so low that the average just drops it even more. That when you go back to play it, you just don't really care for it. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's all the Metal Gear games. I guess Acid One and Two, but I never actually played those, so it's hard to rank. Then you got like Portable, um, portable Ops. Portable Ops. Portable Ops was enjoyable. Um, the controls were <laughs> really difficult. Even though I played it on emulator where I had the rights, you know, you know how like uh, on the PSP you're supposed to use like the face buttons as a right analog stick. Uh -huh. I just tied it to the right analog stick on emulator. Even with that, the controls felt really hard to like get a good hand, mm -hmm. get a good grasp of it. Um, the story was nice. I really enjoyed the artwork in Portable Ops. I liked like the comic book style yeah. of cutscene stuff. Even Peace Walker did that, and I really enjoyed it. So I'd say Portable Ops is probably on that same tier, but it's closer to the MGS4 sub-tier. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about uh, Twin Snakes? Where's that fall? Ooh, Twin Snakes. 
Do you have a lot of experience with Twin Snakes first? I've played it once. Um, you know, it's MGS2 mechanics, so I feel like I should enjoy it, and I did. But, like, you can immediately see that MGS1 didn't have that in mind, and a lot of people have mentioned that. Like, mm -hmm. the Ocelite fight, for example, on MGS1, it's supposed to be played in a way where you're just turning in circles, fighting Ocelots. Mm -hmm. But on Twin Snakes, you just stand still and headshot him. Um, I feel like Twin Snakes... The main problem with it, people can complain about the controls, like the GameCube controls, whatever. That's that's fine. Uh, I don't. As much as I find the GameCube controls to be weird in a MGS2 engine, um, I think the fact that the game just feels empty to be worse. Because like MGS1, you go into like the rooms and the cutscenes and the codex, and there's like this atmosphere behind it. Mm -hmm. But Twin Snakes just never had that. It always felt like empty it's kind of hard to describe yeah no like what would it change at all if twin snakes came out and there was no mgs1 would that make twin snakes a really mm. good game or would it still be considered what it is today by most fans as just like a i feel like it would, it would I, th I feel like it would be a lot better like people would enjoy it more it's because twin snakes is a remake of it so right autumn every every like criticism you have of it is always in relation to mgs1 um, whereas and... if MGS1 was never there and it was just Twin Snakes, um, mm. I think people would enjoy it a lot more. Well, like some of the... But I did I did, I did, hear, and I don't know how true this is, but because a lot of... Um, because in Twin Snakes they had to redo all the voice acting, mm -hmm. um, it was like a second attempt at the game. Um, they didn't put as much effort as they did in MGS1. So if like, Twin Snakes was the first game... The criticisms that we give Twin Snakes right now would probably not exist. It would probably be a more atmospheric game. Right. And from the, the reports that I read, it was uh, when they were first doing the remake, they were going for a more serious tone like MGS1 has. But mm. then when they presented this style, Kojima really liked this style that they had in Twin Snakes. So he pushed them to go forward with that instead. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um,. The other thing is, so you mentioned like some areas where it was made for MGS1, but when you look at MGS2 gameplay, it just doesn't work, like the Ocelot fight and stuff like that. Well, is that more just speedrunners looking to break stuff? Not just speedrunners, but other people <laughs> trying to break the game? Because you could look at other fights like MGS2 where Vamp just keeps getting punched. Like, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed yeah. to like play the boss fight that way. So you think that's a fair but, argument, or are people just nitpicking at that point? No, I think it's because, like, the biggest thing that MGS2 introduced was probably first-person aiming, whereas mm -hmm. MGS1 was not designed to have that, um, which is why, like, in MGS1, take the tank hangar, for example. It's uh, such an open area, and there's only a couple of guards. Um, if you're playing on Twin Snakes... Um, since you have first-person aiming, you kind of have this distance from the guards where you can just M9 them. In MGS2, if you notice a lot of the rooms, there are exceptions, obviously. They're always so tight and cramped. Um, there's like exceptions like strut B, where it's like open. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of connecting bridges as well. But for the most part, it's like this really tight and cramped area where the first-person aiming, yes, it's useful, but it's not easily abused. Um, whereas in Twin Snakes, 
it gives you that ability to shoot in first person in first person view but the map and just the guard locations was designed for you not to do that so even like if you remove the speedrun strats that we do a casual player can easily just abuse it anyways but you can do the same thing with MGS2, right? Since the rooms are so cramped and small, a casual playthrough is pretty much shrink percent. Not necessarily, because, um, like, for example, in MGS2, um, because it's tried and cramped, you kind of mm. have to wait for guard cycles. You, If you just, like, try to run up to a guard, um, you can't just, like, snipe him from eight miles away. You have to, like wait for him to turn you kind of have to like study like their guard patterns i've mentioned this as well and this is going to go slightly off topic um i think this might be controversial but mgs in general or stealth action games is best done without first person aiming this is kind of a criticism of mgs2 because it's the game that introduced it mm -hmm. um if you look at mgs1 um i'm thinking of like the docks um, the room where you freeze the freeze the key, the PAL key. Um, it's kind of built like a maze, and you have the cameras like uh, from the top, so you're just sitting and studying the guard patterns and trying to figure figure out a way around them. It's like a puzzle. I feel like that's way better for MGS games than first person aiming. Well, the other part is then I would also remove the Trank Gun. Oh yeah, the Trank Gun just kind of... I feel like the Trank Gun is very easily abused. I think MGS3 kind of brought some balance with it, with, uh, where you have to, like, uh, the suppressors wear out eventually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the... Z9 is kind of easily abusable in MGS2. Yeah, without the Trank Gun plus without first person, it does make for a more immersive stealth game. I agree with you on that one. Because then you're really paying attention more to, like you said, the guard patterns, um, using other methods to go around them and other tools instead of, let me hide behind this. Or especially in MGS3 where like you could do the lean shot. Like, let me hide yeah. right next to him, lean, and then shoot him in the head. Or on MGS2, it's like, well, let me use this trank gun. I have a perfect laser that lines up straight to their head. And I'll just shoot them and just walk through there. So I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, let me see. Do we miss any other game? I think we got them all. I agree with... Pretty much. You know, for, or I agree or I see your point in most of the games. Um, the only difference that I put is Ground Zeroes. I would put Ground Zeroes as one of the top games in the series. Just I've heard a lot of good things about Ground Zeroes, yeah. but... Um, at least for me, like um, it's kind of an MGS five game. But whenever I, uh, whenever I watch you guys run Ground Zeroes, you Joe, I think you've run it, right? I have um, done one run. Joe and yes. I think OCM as well. Yeah, they're the main runners. Oh, you've done one. You run Phantom Pain, I believe, right? Yes, I run Phantom Pain as well. Yeah, Joe and OCM. Whenever I run it, whenever I see them <clears> run it, um, yeah, I. I feel like it is kind of fun to watch some of the levels. There's also like there's some cool references to like the MGS one mm -hmm. and like the previous game, so it does seem enjoyable. I've heard good things about Ground Zeroes. When I uh, I actually never played Ground Zeroes, all I did was uh, 
so when the game was first announced, um, uh, I thought I'll just wait for Phantom Pain and just watch a Let's Play of Ground Zeroes. Because um, I kind of thought like, okay, it's kind of the same game, but this is going to be a prologue and it's very short. Mm -hmm. So I'll just pick up Phantom Pain when it comes out. Um, but whenever I watch you guys run it, it does seem kind of a fun game. I, I think... Not just running it from from like speed running, but just casual playthrough of fan, of Ground Zeroes is so much better than anything Phantom Pain did. Like just a little five minute snippet of Ground Zeroes is better than the whole mm. Phantom Pain combined. I feel like. So if you have not played Ground Zeroes just casually, I highly recommend it. It's it's one of my favorite game. Even if you could call it a game, it's like a little demo, whatever you want to call yeah. it. It's like one of my favorite like. Take the five minutes of Ground Zeroes, and I'll put that against the five minutes of any other MGS games. Put it that way. Huh. So if you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. Plywood says, Platonic, play the Acid games. <laughs> Soon. 2023, I'll play it. Not even 22. 23. Damn. <laughs> Two years later, here, he'll get on it. Alright, let's, uh, I think that covers almost every game in the series. Pretty much, yeah. uh, let's get into your speedrunning rankings. Now, if you don't have too much uh, familiarity with it, you could put it like in your what you enjoy I'll, I'll watching, as, maybe. Yeah, I enjoy watching. Or like what you so, what it appeals to you that maybe you run in the future, maybe a combination of those. So first one's obviously going to be MGS two. Mm -hmm. um, I'll put the, I'll put VR VR one VR two. And even Ghost Battle VR at this as the same tier as MGS2. Um those three. Um so just any after VR. that pretty much. Well I don't know much about rising VR. Um mm -hmm. second tier would probably be I don't really enjoy the MGS1 run as much, which is kind of weird. Um I've I, I've, there's a lot of runners, obviously, like Limes, Plywood, Jag. Mm -hmm. But I don't enjoy it as much. Um, I feel... I feel like MGS1 runs kind of... And this is going to sound weird, especially to the runners. It feels kind of empty. Because most of the time it's any percent. Especially if it's like any percent PC. Like, I'm, I'm not saying this because like I don't like glitched runs. No, I, obviously I love glitched runs. But I, watching it, it just feels kind of empty. It feels hollow without boss fights. Yeah. It's more just like oh. run from point A to point B. Yeah. Oh, the one thing I forgot to that's mention. Not, that's not to say that um, I don't enjoy glitch runs. I want to see all these games broken and torn mm -hmm. apart as much as possible. Um, but MGS1 kind of feels like an empty game when I watch it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I know what you three mean. 3 is an enjoyable run to watch. I really enjoy watching European Extreme MGS3. Um, mm -hmm. um, what else is there? Let's see. Four is kind of interesting. I do like, and I'm sure you've heard this before. I do like Act One and Two, and then Act Three just kind of dies off. <laughs> well, that's the that's the horrible part um, about MGS Four. Plywood says that's why I call bosses console the most fun. I agree. Bo all bosses that's is awful. way more fun to watch. Um, but I agree with what you said. Like, and the bad part is that the dead part of MGS Four is like smack in the middle. Hmm. Which kind of takes it away from the run because one in act one and two are really enjoyable to not just run but to watch for me as well, and then yeah. you get to act three 
where it's like 16 minutes of just nothing which kills like all the momentum it had and then you have to build that back up in four which it's not really that enjoyable to viewers and runners as well like the same thing i think about act five as well there's like one guard room yep there's a tango room a boss fights then the um the wharf gecko room and then liquid and that's it um i guess liquid would be kind of the most enjoyable one to watch mm-hmm. um yeah cause... maybe the tango room as well in act five because you guys do a skip which is always fun to watch yeah, it's like between psycho mantis like the boss fight until you get all the way to the final boss fight with liquid ocelot i feel like that's another mm-hmm. dead part in the run because you're running through yeah. the dwarf gecko room which there's really nothing to it you just run straight then you have the crawling through the microwave scene the microwave. which is another yeah. dead part of the run so it's like the run is like like a roller coaster <laughs> You guys should make a run where it's just Act 1 plus Act 2 percent. That would be pretty fun. Like, just the IL. <laughs> I know of, you guys have Act 1 IL, Act yeah. 2 IL, but just make a run where it's just joint. Or make a run where it's like Act 1 and 2, and then you skip Act 3, and then do Act 4 and 5, and then that's your time. What, uh, since act, we're talking about Act 4, the most enjoyable part about Act 4 is not MGS4, it's MGS1. <laughs> I'll stop it. I'm not going to agree with you on that one. Most enjoyable part of Act 4 is probably, one, just getting to Shadow Moses. It's a shame that you have to, like, speed through the where it yeah. starts playing um, The Best Is Yet To Come. I feel like that is always my favorite part of the game. I always stop right there a little bit in my casual runs just to look around and stuff. And then the, I will say the the wolf fight is one of the best and worst boss fights because it's best because because of how big the map is like it's really cool like the environment you got like the blizzard uh just Mm. going crazy that's probably the best thing about act four is they got like the mgs1 blizzard really good ps1 graphics you can't really yeah yeah, yeah. but in act four it really shows it especially when you're going through the helipad definitely and and it picks up even more during the wolf boss fight. So I feel like environment plus boss fight plus you got Tengu's crawling everywhere is the good thing. The bad thing is you could still get an alert, which makes no sense in that boss fight. <laughs> and like the map is so big that the way they want you to do the boss fight is like with a sniper rifle. But it makes so much noise that there's really no point. So the, the smoke stun grenade oh, strat... Yeah. Um, is really handy. So I think that's what's the best thing about 4. Makarov says he writes the Ray versus Rex fight. I hate that fight. I'm I'm, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, not because of uh, any sort of like mechanics behind the fight, mm-hmm. but Ray is designed as an anti-Metal Gear Metal Gear. How on right. earth is it losing to Rex, which was... it's Rex was like destroyed in MGS1 and just like left to rot in right. Shadow Moses for like 10 years. How is, like, Ray losing to it? Well, <laughs> I got an answer for you. So, it shows you the superiority of Solid Snake. He can oh, control <laughs> a superior... He's fighting a superior machine, controlling an inferior one. So, it has, like, the the MGS1 tones where, like, he's still the inferior machine at this point, but he still comes out on top. 
That's your answer. Sounds like excuses to me. <laughs> that's that's your answer. But what from personally, what I don't like about the fight is it feels so clunky. Well, I guess it's supposed to, but I just don't like that it does. Um, and then from a speedrunning point of view, it's the wor It's one of the worst parts of the game. Like it's up there with Act Three because I don't know how much you know about that boss fight, but I you heard can... there's like there's a huge RNG element to the start right. of the fight. So right. So the start of the fight will determine if you're gonna finish it in like 15 seconds. Or it's gonna drag on for like two minutes. Hmm. So, like that right there, I hate that fight. Yeah, oh, I've heard about that. All those little thing round things repaired it. Yep, it got repaired. Ocelot <laughs> put its put a little wire from his little Metal Gear Two into it, and it works all of a sudden. Uh, okay. So enough MGS Four. What others do you have in your speedrunning? tiers we could go to so we have mgs2 3 1 and 4 what about phantom pain where's that fall in not in, i i just can't watch that <laughs> you can't watch it and have no interest in playing it okay fair I enough have no, I, I try whenever we have like the relays or whatever i'll just like keep it in the background commentators <laughs> i i cannot watch phantom pain without okay. getting bored out of my head all right what about ground zeroes is fine like whenever jor ocm stream i actually enjoy watching them run that yeah, Ground Zeroes, what works for it is it's much shorter, plus um, it's much easier to follow as well from, like, someone who doesn't run the game. You know what the objectives are. Where Phantom Pain, you're like, wait, what mission is this again? It just kind of all blends together. Yeah. I think, I think I heard someone mention this a while ago, but Phantom Pain might be the first game in the series where, where you just come and watch a stream. Mm-hmm. And you'll have no idea where the person is plot-wise. There are other, there are small points in the other games where you might have to think about it. So like if someone's in MGS2 Shell 1, you don't necessarily know if he's like in the bomb disposal segment or after it. But give it a minute or so and you'll figure it out. Whereas Phantom Pain, someone could just be exploring around the map and you'll have no idea where they are plot-wise. I definitely agree with you. Yep. Because they could be doing anything and then the map is so you know, quote-unquote open world, that yeah. everything is open. The only thing that could tell you is, like, is he in, is he past Afghanistan into Africa? Like, that's all he could <laughs> kind of figure out. The rest, you're just like, I have no idea how far this guy is. Um, what Plywood says, what about Twin Snakes? Snakes. Twin Snakes is kind of enjoyable to watch. It has MGS2 mechanics in regards to the speedrun. So, Twin Snakes is fun. Um, I do like Tyler's, um, Tyler recently not recently, but Tyler picked up all dog tags for it, and um, it is a fun run to watch because there are certain mechanics that you use that I'm not necessarily sure you would use in um uh in a regular Twin Snakes run. I think Plywood might know about this, but like there's a book strap that you even use for all dog tags, which on MGS2, as far as I know, even on all dog tag runs for MGS2, you never even touch the book, so it's kind of interesting to see it in Twin Snakes. Is that where, like, the, you take the magazine, you put it on the ground, and the guard gets distracted by it? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah pretty much. Okay. No, not a magazine, but, like, uh, the actual book. Huh. Like, the girly mag, basically. Yeah, yeah. You just place it down, yeah. What about um, what about MGS2 dog tags? Does that interest you at all? Absolutely not. No? <laughs> so you <laughs> I find... find that incredibly boring. If I see a dog tag yeah. thrown on the board, I'm like, D-Limes, you do this. So you find, <laughs> even just watching, you find Twin Snakes. I think the tags. only one that's interesting is uh, 
all dog tags if BMN is doing good because he plays on extreme mm -hmm. and all and the strats he uses are really interesting. But if I watch other players do extreme all dog tags, which yeah. is practically nobody, a lot of the times the strats are not interesting. But BMN has found some really fun strats using it. Like he even figured out um, a different two spot method. You know when we take two photos of the ray, uh -huh. he found a different one that applies to all dog tags. So he's found some really interesting. Is it like from the top floor? Yeah. Oh wow, it's pretty cool. I think at one of his strats, he could probably correct me on this. In between getting a dog tag, he's taking photos of the ray. <laughs> oh, damn! I need him to yeah. do a full run just so I can watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I I've talked to him about it. like, please post an all dog tags run on the board. I want to watch this. Yeah, I definitely watch that. Uh, what um, about? Did we touch? So you said MGS three. You liked watching. Um, yeah. Uh, what about the 2D uh -huh. games? Like, you enjoyed Metal Gear 2 oh, and, and Ghost Babble. So, where do those to be honest, I, speed run? To be honest, I, when it comes to MG1 and 2, I've probably never watched a run for it. MG1, MG1 recently, the MSX game, mm. uh, there's been a lot of talk about new categories. Yep. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. I have. Um, so, as far as I know, the way it worked was there's Eddie Percent and there's Big Boss. Um, but recently, there's been talk about any percent being divided into three different sub-any percents, where it's like any percent RTA, any percent IGT, and then like the other one's like any percent no death farming or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is ridiculous. I watched uh, Alien Hybrid was the one who kind of brought this to everyone. Um, because I think the way it works is... Um, Basically, you can uh, farm rations if you just constantly take continues. And every time you take a continue, it takes you back to your previous checkpoint. The IGT just goes back to whatever your checkpoint was before. So you can just farm all those rations and then save time because the game doesn't count it against your IGT. Um, and you can just abuse those rations for the rest of the game. I watched one of his runs. I'm like, wow, this looks really interesting. Yeah, I, I talked about this with Sergeant Silent in the last episode where so you're pretty much just doing the riskiest strats you could find because there is no penalty if you die. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the, the topic they were talking about for mm -hmm. a while was like any percent RTN, any percent RG, IGT because the death farming thing takes a while to do. Yeah. But it doesn't count against your IGT, so it's faster in terms of that. What would you vote for? And there was this were... whole discussion about, and I think Plywood is the one, Plywood and Alien was the one who had to explain this to me. I think there's a difference between death abuse and death farming. <laughs> um, I think death farming is like you just take continues over and over again to like get your rations. Mm -hmm. And I think I could be wrong about this, but. Death abuse is something that you would use later on with uh, the scorpions. Um, I don't exactly know what they use it for, though. Yeah. But apparently, like, there's a huge difference between death abuse and death farming. Right. Um, Maybe it's like you're playing the run and then the scorpion bites you. Well, now you're at a huge disadvantage, so you just might as well take a continue at that point. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't know the exact details, but. Mm. I, all I remember is them discussing it for so long. What would you do if you were the only mod for that oh game? God. <laughs> Which way would you vote for? I I, I think I, I 
I kind of uh, didn't vote for it because it's not my game. I don't want to touch the votes. Uh -huh. um, but I think I'm in favor of separating any percent at that point because um, the RT and IGT runs, from what I understand, are very different from each other. Right. So in that case, yeah, it deserves a category separation if you're just playing it completely differently. Um, right. There was also another uh, any percent no death farming. Uh, I have... I don't know what the difference is between RT, any percent IGT, any percent RT, and any percent no death farming, but um, I guess if it makes sense, if, like, if the run is just so different from one another, then yeah, that deserves a category separation. Yeah, like it, it would be like if someone was doing death abuse and their IGT is like 20 minutes, but RTA they're like an hour. Since they just keep abusing, doing death abuse, it's like, well, do you take the hour or do you take the twenty minutes as the, <laughs> as the category? Yeah, but so that's the only when it comes to two when it comes to the MG one from the MSX games. Um, mm -hmm. MG one is the only one that I know a little bit about. MG two, I practically know nothing about the run, so I can't really say I rate it like high or low. Um, I think the only MG2 run I watched was Mini Omega King doing it. I think it was at GDQ a couple of years ago or something. That's probably the only one that I watched. Yeah, I think he got uh, Big Boss MG2. in that run as well. Probably. Yeah. Like that's the only one that I watched, and I remember nothing from it. The only thing I remember about it was this one, the one boss who just like hides in the, in the grass the whole. That's a uh, jungle evil. Yeah. So you're telling me you haven't watched my big boss run of MG2? <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch that as soon as possible. Right. I pretty much know I have watched. All right, fair um, enough. The other 2D, well, the NES games, I've, I've not even, not even have not played them. I've never watched them, so no Snake's Revenge and stuff like that. The other 2D game would be Ghost Babel. I've watched Plywood run that a bit, and it does seem like a fun run. I've mentioned before, I think I mentioned it earlier in the episode as well, um, if I were to pick up another game, it would be either MGS1, even though I kind of find the run to be a little bit boring, as, as specifically any percent, or Ghost Babble. And I'm leaning more towards Ghost Babble. But that's not going to be any anytime soon because I kind of don't want to do mm. both game at the moment. All right. All right, I'm going to need someone to ban Makarov and Apache right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ghost, Ghost Babble really appeals to me as well. Mainly because of boss fights and music. Oh yeah, those are those are really interesting. Um, what about? Are you familiar with portable ops speedrunning? Uh, the only thing that I know about portable portable ops speedrunning is Ed will constantly mesh, mesh, message me about <laughs> doing ILs for portable ops, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he he really wants me to do portable ops, and I say I tell him like, no, I'm not interested. Ed, we need you to push portable ops so other people want to run it. <laughs> uh, portable. Yeah, portable ops apparently has ILs. I think there's like training missions and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, what about Peace Walker? Any? Do you know anything about so Peace Walker? The... Go ahead. Yeah, I think I've watched. The cool thing I like I like about Peace Walker is whenever you guys do co-op runs. I think we had one at one of the, not really, but one of the older marathons. I think it was Python and Mini. They usually like to run it. Yep. And I, I love to watch the, the co-op runs for Peace Walker. I think they're really fun to watch. Especially um, 
when you get to like the boss fights, there's this one boss fight with the helicopter and like one player's throwing s smoke grenades and the other's taking out the guards. I, I think it's really fun to watch. I am the opposite on Peace Walker. I don't really enjoy watching the co-op runs, but I really enjoy new game runs of first ending. Um, I feel like the whole balancing between your your weapons and items, plus your mother base staff, plus going through the the whole game, I think I find that really fun. Especially when I started to speedrun and I realized like how tight your menus have to be and which items you need to to get and then which mother base soldiers you need to put where to get your levels up. I think that's the cool part of speedrunning Peace Walker, which New Game Plus Peace Walker just doesn't appeal to me as much because everything's already unlocked and that falls under like the co-op stuff where it's like everyone goes down quickly um new game is a little more fun to watch just because you do have that balance in but new game mm. plus not so much yeah that's uh, fair okay what do we got next uh we covered that covered that what about survive we haven't talked about survive what's your opinion on survive <laughs> I have no opinion on Survive. Have you played the Survive? The only time I've watched Survive gameplay is Plywood doing runs, and <laughs> I've watched that thing for like five minutes, and then I just can't watch anymore. Sorry, Plywood. <laughs> have you ever touched Survive? No, I've never touched it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. What about... Uh... I remember, the only Go thing ahead. I know about Survive is that apparently there's a lot of farming for items and stuff. Uh, that's the only thing that I really know about Survive. Well, I know even less than you about Survive. So let's go. What about now everyone's running? Well, not everyone's running, but a few people are picking up Metal Gear Mobile and they're buying a Nokia phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, are you ever going to buy a Nokia phone? I would Jack and DS, DS one, right? Yep. Three of them. Those are the three right now. I'm probably not going to pick it up. Uh, when Plywood told me that there's VR missions in mobile, I got really interested. Then he told me it's RTA based, and I was like, that's uh. never mind, don't care. <laughs> If because I when it comes to VR missions, like the, just the idea of RTA for VR, just it doesn't feel like it's the same thing anymore. Because you're farming, you're not farming, you're uh, grinding for every possible frame on VR. Doing it in an mm -hmm. RTA setting feels different. It feels like that it removes that grind element out of it, so it's not the same thing anymore. Yeah, the timing is but just. But also mean I have to pick up a, f a phone and go through the process. I mean, yeah. Very if it's ever like done on emulator, I might check it out. Yeah. But other than that, I'm with you. No interest. As far as I know, there is no real emulator for it, which is really disappointing. Right. Which is but at least there's a method that we know of to play the game. So if anyone's interested, they can easily do that. True. 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 Um. Do you know anything about rising speedrunning? I, the only thing I know about rising speedrunning is uh, there's this one out of bounds glitch where like you're swiping the sword and it just like raises your height constantly. I know, like by the um, beach. I think that's like the only one I know. Uh, yeah, something like that. That's the only thing that I know of. Again, like Ed will constantly with portable when, when it comes to Ed, he'll try to get me both into portable ops and rising because I think those are his two favorite games, and I have no interest in either of them. I played Rising once when it came out, and that's it. That's the two weirdest games to be your favorite games. Rising and <laughs> I don't Portable know if it's Ops. actually his favorite game, but he constantly plays them. Well, now it is his favorite game. 
<laughs> it is known that Ed's favorite game from now on is Portable Ops and Rising. I think that covers every Metal Gear game or the main ones slash the popular ones. Okay, that's a fair enough speedrun. Okay, so let's say you had to pick up a new Metal Gear game to speedrun mm. tomorrow. Which one tomorrow. is it? It would be either one or Ghost Battle. Okay. Um, I'd lean more towards Ghost Battle because I feel like we have enough MGS1 runners and I want to experiment with a 2D game as well. Um, I've done a bit of Ghost Battle VR and a bit of the Stage Isles, and I just think Ghost Battle is a really enjoyable game to play. Uh, but I would most likely at least play the story first, finish the game, and mm. then run it. Be a bad idea for me to start speedrunning it before I actually play the game. Have you ever speed? Well, you only speedrun the Metal Gear games, but yeah, I've not. I've I've not touched speedrunning outside of Metal Gear. I'm okay. completely dumb when it comes to that. I have no idea. I'm very ignorant about speedrunning outside of Metal Gear. Yeah, that's the thing. I I cannot speedrun a game which I haven't played casually that I don't really love. I can't just pick up a yeah. game and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to speedrun this game. I have no idea what it's about. That's the thing about me. Um, I'm not really the type of person who plays a variety of games. Um, it just happened to be the case when like MGS2 and games like that, I've played it so many times um, that playing it again while speedrunning, it's not a big deal for me. What's the last new game you played? <laughs> Let's see. It was actually the FF7 remake. Um, what they came out that came out, year, yeah, it was a year now? I think so. Let's that's see. the last new game I played, but that's the only reason I played that, was because it's FF7 and I played that as a kid. Okay. So I'm like, let me try the remake. So that If it didn't count. have FF7 remake on it, and it was just kind of the same game with the same mechanics, I probably would never have picked it up. So it came out in April of 2020. Alright, let. Okay, FF7 doesn't count. What's another game that you played? Oh god. Can you even remember? remember. <laughs> I even remember a new game. Um, Death Stranding, but I never even finished it. <laughs> oh, Death Stranding! I think the first two chapters, and then I just stopped. I put like a hundred hours into Death Stranding. <clears throat> excuse me, thinking that I'll eventually like it. I just hated it. I got a hundred percent everything, and at the end of the game, I'm like, I just wasted my time. At least I gave it a try. I tried to, like, at the yeah. beginning, I, I think I, like, was forcing myself to like it, just because it was Kojima game. Kojima, um, yeah. But, like, 100 hours later, I 100%ed everything, got every single thing, and I'm like, hey, this is not a good game. I can understand why people would enjoy like, it, but not for me. Yeah, I feel like the type of person who would enjoy Death Stranding is um, the person who doesn't mind a really slow-paced game. Um, because that's what Death Stranding felt like to me. Well, the first, um, like, five hours, it was really fun. Like, it was slow-paced, but it was, like, everything was getting introduced. It's kind of like Phantom Pain. Well, like, the mm -hmm. beginning I really enjoyed, um, meeting some new characters, but as the game went on and on, you had a mute main character, again. Um, all the, all the dialogue was by other characters while the main character just stares at him without saying a single word, which puts me to sleep. I think what makes MGS like one, two, three, four so great is like the main character being so vocal. 
mm. and you having like that dialogue exchange and the banter where like Phantom Pain and Death Stranding had none of that. And then you're doing the same tasks. So you have like this boring character doing the same tasks with no with like the end result being so horrible that I just didn't <laughs> like it. Yeah. All right. I'll give it I'll, I'll say one thing though. It does look really nice like the graphics that it just looks like a beautiful game. At least the first chapter, it looked really nice. It looked great when I played it on PS4, so I could imagine on PC the release. Yeah, I played it on PS4 as well. I I never touched the PC. Yeah, version. so I'd imagine on PC it looks that much better. All right, so we'll just conclude that you don't play new games. <laughs> I play MGS, a couple of them, not all of them, and that's it. Okay, fair enough. So let's go <laughs> full circle. We started talking about VE. We'll go back to VE to finish it up. What do you see the future of VE? Do you think they're that a sub 101 is possible at this point? In theory, yes. Realistically, no. Um, I think if... Because me, me and Limes have been going back and forth um, for several months in 2020. If we went... I, I, I told him, like, when he takes my one when he takes my 101.55, mm-hmm. which he did a few days ago, uh, I'm not coming back to it. I, I, I'm done grinding for you. Um, but if I, let's say I did come back to it and then he comes and takes it again and we just kept going back and forth, mm-hmm. the best it's going to be is like a one on one two X. I don't think realistically, either of us are pushing it any further unless we start finding time saves. Um, but the reason we were able to even get it to a one one um, because the record was one two fifty nine in April of 2020, we saved an entire minute on a run where we didn't find massive time saves. It was all incremental, tiny, tiny things. And just us going back and forth. Even Beswick and BMN jumped in as well. Um, just co- all of us pushing each other. That just made every second go down as, as much as possible. I don't think that's enough for us to go to one zero zero. Um, But maybe like a, a mid-101 is the best we'll see it. Okay, so you need something brand new, like a new strat, new, new something to push it down to a sub one hundred one. I, I um, need to pull off a six shot harrier. <clears throat> okay, if we were to do another like league, and what would you rather be like? Would you rather would you rather participate in like a Euro League MGS two, or would you rather watch some other game league? What do you think? I would rather watch a different game. Um, I would <clears throat> rather see. MGS MGS three VE is a good shout. The only problem is console differences. Um, because I think I think it was Major Zero who compiled a list of potential MGS three VE players, and it was like maybe up to ten players or something. Which it might not be a league; it'll probably be a tournament. Um, because at least MGS two had the tournament back in May, um, where we had this player base and we had all the people supporting it, which just incentivize the idea of a league. But if MGS3 wanted that, we'd have to make a tournament first. I think we could do that, or MGS1, because then we could race on either emulator or PC, and it'd be very equal amongst players. And we have the MGS1 player base, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the player base is like the most important part. Once you get that, uh, it's much easier to go from there. But So we've been talking for an hour and a half straight. 
yep. <laughs> did you want to say anything else before we wrap this episode up? Um, not much. I think we've pretty much discussed yeah. everything. Um, yeah, there's really nothing else to say. I think we discussed a lot of things. Yeah, I think we went from MGS2 to favorite games to rankings to realizing you don't play any new games and you're just trapped in the MGS2 bubble. But, I'm trapped in 2001 forever. <laughs> but that's that's what makes a great speedrunner. Is not interested in any other games. But uh, you want to get you want to get good times. Just play one game forever. Hey, you need to put the time in to be good. You can't just show up out of nowhere and try to get a world record putting two hours into the game. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining me, Platonic guy. It was fun. Um, the hour and a half went by super fast. I didn't even realize. Like, I looked at the timer. Yeah. Um, so we will be back next week with another episode of the Mandatory Codex. Thanks, everyone, for watching. So if you'd like to be a part of the Mandatory Codex, there is a link in the Discord and links and applications. So I'm always looking for new uh, guests to join me. The Discord link is in the chat. And if you're listening to this, you can go over to twitch.tv slash Metal Gear Speedrunners. Uh, there's a Discord link in one of the panels, and you can find the links and application channel, and uh, there's a Google Forms there to check it out. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Bye.